the youth group for the secu- secular crowd. The youth. <laughs> you the youth group, if you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Fucking Fine. I'll see you soon. I am your host, Stacey. This week we are discussing a bunch of topics ranging from growing up in the Christian church. We're very on theme as this episode is coming out on Christmas. But I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Winter Solstice, whatever you're celebrating. Um, I just hope that you're spending it with the chosen family that you love and that accepts you. And if you are not so fortunate, um, know that you're not alone out there. And um, the holidays are definitely a time to tell people how you feel about them. Hopefully it's all it's all love. But I love you guys all for listening. Um, we have another long episode this week, so I'm just going to let you get to it. But um, it, it, enjoy your holidays, and I hope you can feel the love coming coming through your speakers or your headphones. Uh, I'm appreciative and grateful for all of you, and uh, you mean the world to me. So without further ado, I have um, my very good friend, Briley Acker, on this week. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode, so... Here you go. I don't like to do that. I don't want to fucking manipulate the volume at all. That's too much work. Yeah. I understand. I was just curious because I I don't know if you know this about me, but people tell me that I talk pretty fast, so... I, I was going to say, um, I have no problem understanding you, though. And last night when Amy was like, what did you say? I thought that maybe I was just speaking a different language or something, or maybe no, my voice wasn't caring. you were fine. <laughs> I understood everything you said. I was like, what? I know, I've been pretty impressed so far, because I feel like Denny's heard everything that I've said, even when we were driving in a loud truck today. So I was like, okay. And you weren't even like, you were, I mean, maybe it was different last night, but. No, I, they, I don't know. They, I don't think they were feeling so hot. <laughs> So. Who, Denny and Cody? or No, a- Ames and Kate. Because oh. they both were just like, what do you... S-? I don't even remember what I was trying to say to them, but they could not It was just like stupid little quips about things, and they were not picking it up. And they're like, what are you saying? But I, like... It, it was good. I feel like when you understood everything, I was like, okay, that's yeah, like, a no. beautiful thing. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I'm meant to take notes on this. I feel like if if I come back again, I'm going to bring some good notes. But You're so funny. That's that. Steven was sitting here with a fucking binder. Normally, my guest, I, you're the first guest in my bed. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <sighs> Most people sit on that chair. Um, nah. And then it feels weird. There's a weird distance between us. So yeah. I like this. This is more comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas today it Christmas. on this episode. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I know. I'm excited. Hopefully people uh, who are listening to this after Christmas. Hopefully they're listening Are still Christmas. excited because I'm ready to get into it when it comes to Christmas stuff. So it's going to be good. It is. And I hope, like, they're ready to get into New Year's and mm-hmm. my birthday. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited back I'm stuff. just kidding. I hope they don't care. Okay, so who are you? What's your name? How old are you? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. your birthday? When's, what's your sign? <laughs> uh, so I'm Briley. Um, 
currently living in the D.C. suburbs out in uh, out in Maryland. Um, live there with my beloved boyfriend and mostly our cats, Percy and Miss Patty. Um, beloved boyfriend and mostly our cats. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I, I guess it's like when I'm talking about the word beloved, I want that <laughs> mostly to, to apply to the cats. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And kind of the boyfriend. I mean, I love my boyfriend, but you know, Miss Patty Ms. And, and Percy, those are not yeah. the one. Um, yeah, so that's where we're living right now. Um, uh, I am a Pisces. Um, yeah, And I freaking love chatting astrology with you. I don't know what being a Pisces really means at all. <laughs> um, I know I was born in the morning, so I don't know what my sun sign is. I've been trying to figure it out. Yeah, you got to figure out the exact time. Um, I have it on my birth certificate. So I, at one point I did that's what I did. try to check, but like I was not using the right sites to figure it out. I have a site. Okay. A good site. Send um, it my way. Send it my way. Because so I have you, Jamire, former guest, co-host, Cody, and Laura Suarez are all Pisces. And Becky and Reed. I, Becky my, Reed's a Pisces. Yeah, my mom is a Pisces, so. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. I want to know what her other signs are. She's... <sighs> I thought y'all were vastly different, but then you put her, she's the outlier mm-hmm. in that situation. Yeah. See, this is why it's not true. So I hope Sam Sedan is going to come on soon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's very critical of this. Of this section? Oh, I think it's a, it's a good-ass time. Cause- and then it's made me, like, super, like, self-conscious about it, which, because I don't know shit about it, but you got me that book. Yeah, it's a fun book. Which I love. And I, th- it's I love that it's so a book. good. <laughs> you, you do read it, okay. I do read it. I read it when it's like the time for those. And like mm-hmm. when I'm curious, like I go and flip through the pages. So, so I haven't book- read it through because I don't think I will retain the knowledge. Like there's oh, a whole sure. chapter. It's Linda Goodman's Sun, Sun Signs. Go ahead. So the book. I was going to say, it's, yeah, I was going to say it's Linda Goodman's Sun Signs. And I heard about it listening to one of the Vox episodes on Netflix where they're talking about astrology. And I was like, oh, I, I feel like I want to get this book, not necessarily for me, but for somebody who can actually, like, I take the it. time to read through it. So, But I listened to the Astro Poets podcast, mm-hmm. which they are, I found them on Twitter, and mm-hmm. then they were, like, tweeting, we have a podcast. They put a book out. I actually really want to get their book, but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they on their, they only have, like, six episodes out. They're a baby podcast, but they were talking about it, and I think it is, like, the quintessential astrology book for Americans anyway like yeah. I think it, I was like when they mentioned it I was like I have that book I love that <laughs> book it's crazy but then I thought about it and I was like oh this must be like a thing like so good work it's great yeah well I do want to get into the the Pisces thing because I don't like I said don't really know anything about it except what I've gathered from you because anytime I read things about Pisces I'm like I don't think it really applies to me um but the thing that I know about Pisces is, um, you know, I've been on Instagram for maybe two and a half years now, and which is very short. It's yes, like it's not real. Time, but I feel like I have a, a good amount of people that I follow. Um, people in my um, age group, our generation, who are frequently posting about their astrological signs mm-hmm. and stuff, and like making those funny little story things about like I'm a Capricorn, like the meme and, thing, yeah, yeah the memes and stuff, and things that check off that match the personality. I have never, ever, ever ever seen a Pisces do it except one single time about three months ago I don't see Pisces ever posting that shit and so I don't know if that's a Pisces characteristic or not but I 
I think that it's something that that's I... A, that's something to consider. I have seen one. Mm-hmm. I do know one Pisces that does. Um, however, I am not the biggest fan of her. Mm, so. so I wonder... But she also posts a lot of stuff about her moon sign, mm-hmm. which is... I forget if she's... It doesn't really matter what she is, but she posts a lot about both. Like, they're interchangeable. And Mm. I'm like, honey, no. (laughs) Pick one. Yeah, you're... you're (laughs) Identify as one thing and pick it. Um, So here's my observations of Pisces. Mm -hmm. Um, Based upon my worldly examples. Again, my brother, my best friend growing up, sister, one of my best friends growing up, and then one of my adulthood best friends. We get along great, but there's a weird distance, and not like a um, serious distance, just like a uh, difference in levels. Uh, If you could see me right now, I'm like throwing my hands in the air, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is like a understanding but respect that gives you that distance, I should say. Hmm. Um, Pisces are generally looked to as like the not a leader but like the quiet wise but you're see that's where you don't I don't think so like I read things about Pisces and I'm like not not I but um something to aspire to sometimes um because a lot of it's like you know you have your feelings about things and I'm like I don't know if I'm. Yeah, every time I read things about feelings, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this doesn't apply. But I feel the same way with Laura. Mm -hmm. Laura is very like, and I think coldish. Maybe that's the thing about Pisces is that we're not able to find a match with these astrological signs, which is why nobody posts them because we're like, we can't be contained. (laughs) It could be up later. So this summer, I was. Doing the thing where I would bring the book and then, like, read people their chapters. So oh, maybe later cool. I'll read you your chapter. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I'm not going to do it on the podcast because nobody gives we, it. We don't got time for that. But Nobody believes in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, just this is when we did the podcast with Steven. He was like, I'm just going to say I don't like Trump. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're with every one of my <laughs> listeners here. But I'm like, we don't have to read the astrological thing. But everybody probably likes astrology for the most part mm-hmm. to listen to the podcast. Yeah, this is what I kind of have related astrolo- astrological discussions to. Like, I really enjoy them when I'm in them. Like, once we start talking about it, I'm super engaged. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, and I kind of feel like it's sort of like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings where, like, I like watch it and I'm so entertained, but an hour later, if you ask me what it's about, like no I don't recollection. no idea. Like I cannot tell you what like what Lord of the Rings is about. Like I don't really get it, but I am entertained <laughs> by it. And when I'm in the moment, it kind of makes sense and it's fun. So, like I get that they're trying to destroy a ring, but like I don't really get it. <laughs> so J.R.R. Tolkien. It's yeah. also like probably about religion, but. <laughs> Who knows? I don't Everybody always get says it. it's like a possible um, allegory for Christianity, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes, the seven rules to find them and bind them. Or, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, we'll read you your chapter later. Maybe you'll be a believer. Yeah, let me know. Have you heard the good news of our Lord and Savior, Linda Goodman? Okay. Is that her name? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, how did we meet... Oh, um, 
You know, good, fun question. I think that we mostly met on the bus, bus five in Bean Creek. Probably the bus. And then we also conveniently went to Awana clubs together. So when did you start going there? Because I went with Stephen Whittle. Oh, yes. Okay. That makes sense then. Um, I started going basically as soon as we moved to Levittown. Like, we probably went to maybe one or two other churches to figure out the best church to go to. But then we uh, must have done, Oxford Valley Chapel must have done something, right, to bring us in. And we were going there since I was in first grade, I think. So that was Sparky's time. And then we started doing... Yeah, I never did Sparky's. Maybe you were in Sparky's when I was in the, uh, what was the next John called? Um, TNT. It was called TNT, but before that it was like um, Chums. and Chums, yes, mm-hmm. I did that. So for people who don't know, <laughs> I feel like we need to explain. We're God-splaining. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let us explain. <laughs> for uh, a lot of churches across the United States, there's this program called. Christian oh, churches. Christian churches, I should say. Yeah, yeah. there's. Um, it's a program called Awana, which is like a youth program. Approved workmen are not ashamed. Mm-hmm. A-W-A-N-A. Awana. Awana, where <laughs> kids come, they get a handbook, they memorize verses. A uh, handbook. It's the manual to live your life by mm-hmm. after the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is such bullshit. <laughs> what is that? I, Why did yeah. they just give us a Bible? They did give us a Bible. They remember those green Bibles? I mean, I, baby, that's what you, you use, but you know my parents were giving me Bibles. True. They're True. still giving me Bibles. Um, <laughs> well, now it's my boyfriend's parents that keep giving me Bibles, and I'm like, why, why do you think I, I need have this? 18 fucking Bibles. And they're all sitting on the shelf making me feel guilty, <laughs> so just stop giving them to me. Um, yeah. And we would get, like, paid Awana dollars to memorize verses. Yeah, it was kind of like Monopoly money, but, like... Cooler looking, but also creepier looking in a weird mm-hmm. way. Kind of like our Christmas cookies we made last night. <laughs> oh, quality. Like fun but scary. I feel like you should, you should, you should share those with people. They need I to think, see that. Oh, they might already have seen it if they follow you on Instagram, right? Yeah, if you're on Instagram, um, last Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, I posted a poll. You should have voted on your favorite Christmas cookie. Oh, I have to tell you those votes. We made Christmas cookies last night, and it was a nightmare. But (laughs) anyway, we met at Awana, the youth group. So the thing of it is, we spent, I mean, we were good pals all through, I think, well, towards our later elementary school years. After that one magical lock-in, which is basically a slumber party at church, we uh, ate a lot of gummy bears that night. We made fun of our um, Awana leader, Miss Joanne. I lost a bathrobe. (laughs) Yeah, we were so silly. But uh, anyways, that was a f- that, I think that that's where we really bonded. And then all through middle school, I feel like we hung out every day in the summertime at your house in Indian Creek. Yeah, because you were a prep kid mm-hmm. or, a, you know, a gifted kid. Yeah, but you went to the other middle school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, because... But, yeah, I did uh, hang out at the different middle schools. So I, I didn't really have my same friends in elementary school once I transitioned to middle school. So... I'm so glad that we hung out, like, most of the time throughout those years. Yeah. And that's also when we were getting uh, just started in our youth group, which is the teen version of all of this. The real youth group portion of the Awana John. Which was such a, I feel like, a huge part of my, of who I am today. It definitely was, but I always forget about that aspect of things, like... Like, putting in prayer requests every week and trying to, like, really think about what your prayer request was going to be. 
don't know. I didn't do it every week. Did you? Did we have to? Unspoken. Unspoken. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, we didn't oh have to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, was it an option to, like, did we go oh, no, around no. and just, like... You just say if you had one. Okay. So, a lot of times, um, our, our dear oh friend Thomas God. would be, like, my friend's mom's grandmother's. <laughs> so, yeah. Remember oh. unspoken? So, basically, yeah, we would get together at youth group and put in our prayer requests and pray together. And some people would have an unspoken, which means that they would. I definitely did have unspokens, but I think they were genuinely, like, appropriately. Unspokens. Like, a friend is struggling with something deep and dark. Deep and dark. Oh, that's a, whoa, that's such a crazy memory I forgot about. Mm-hmm. I tend to think about, like, the weird, like, lock-in things at the church, like, playing that game Catacomb Christians. Catacomb Christians. With the Antichrist. Which was so fun, and I want to bring that back for adulthood. Like, can mm-hmm. we do that as adults? Yeah, because it really, it's, it's like, I feel like it's really captures everything that you get from a murder mystery party, except, like, creepier, because we're talking about the end times. Right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, so do we want to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll come back to we're, the gifted program, because I didn't think about that until listening to your podcast, where I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was a chunk of my life. Not not so right. much as an adult, but I want to talk about the end times. We'll, yes, we should, because I just listened to a great episode of um, Good Christian Fun about their, like, Hell House thing. Did oh, okay. you listen to that one? I did listen to that so one a while weird. back. Okay, let's finish the intro, John. What you doing? Oh, with my, like, life? Yes. <laughs> Like, okay. no, right now, you right now I'm sitting in your bed. <laughs> Down to chill. But once I head back to my house, um, I am, I'm an accounting consultant. So basically I work with, uh, nonprofits in DC and I set up their accounting software, which is pretty cool. Um, it is very cool. I am super hyped that you work for a nonprofit. I think that is a like commendable. Well, I'll roll it back a little bit. I work for a for-profit firm. I definitely work for an accounting oh, firm that's all about the oh. Benjamins. So I feel a little bit bad in that, like, we we charge these nonprofits an arm and a leg for us to set up their accounting software and to give them accounting guidance. However... Shame on you. No, uh, just I mean, <laughs> Well, I work with some, like, really fishy organizations, too. Like, I have some really awesome ones that I'm like, yeah, I'm proud that, like, I set them up and, like, I'm glad I, I helped them out. Other ones I'm like, yeah, give me your money because, like you guys are not doing anything and right. you just take so basically but so I, I don't feel too bad about it because these nonprofits, like they're bringing in so much money like it's oh, just yeah. crazy you look at these grants that, that are coming in like millions and millions of dollars and so that's what I do for a living um uh when I'm not working I spend a lot of time uh playing rugby mm-hmm. coaching rugby and me and my boyfriend are pretty into our like garage gym set up so also spent a lot of time you know fixing that up and working out too fitness fitness and rugby i'm always trying to find rugby gifts for you by the way yeah they ain't got they're nothing it's a good portman sport it's, because you just need a pair of cleats and a mouth guard there's nothing like cute though that's like mm. oh number one rugby player you know just something <laughs> stupid and cheesy it's all like very team based mm. and i'm like i don't think she would like that and i don't know shit about the sports so yeah like, i think that's part of it it's like such a foreign sport because like the, all the positions have really weird names like i play scrum half which seems pretty normal but it like it sounds kind of dirty scrum half <laughs> well and not and, in the sexual way either like 
scrum. <laughs> yeah, so it's free, people scrum down. Like the whole part of it. So the first eight players are your props, your hookers, your locks, your flanks. <laughs> your <laughs> hooker, yep. So it's just a really, uh, like, so I think that if you, like, I, I would say you have to come to at least two or three games before it actually, like, kind of register what's going on. Yeah. And then maybe some of the gifts would make a little bit more sense. But it is, like, one of those things that's, like, I'm sure overseas everybody gets it. Super niche, yeah. Yeah, but here, like, unless you're in the com- like, unless you're like involved in the rugby community somehow, it's like it, it's not gonna. Make no, any it was sense. so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And I did want to come to your game after we went to Atlantic City that time, but it was just so far, and I, I forget I was going somewhere the next day. I'll have to find you a good game to come to because I'm sure that yeah, uh, we'll we'll make it happen. Um, because, yeah, we uh, we just recently started a new team, so we're playing, like, we're playing friendlies, you know, in the area, and then also some, you know, some in northern Maryland and stuff, so I'm sure we can find something, something good for you to come I'll to. I'll have to come and try to understand it. Oh, yeah, cause we, and we played sevens last year in Wilmington. Oh, that was that the after Lansing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was cool. So. Um, so what freaks you out? What makes you tick? Not wake up in the morning. Stephen thought, what makes you tick? <laughs> Means like what gives you? Yeah, he was like, I don't know. When I hear tick, I think of pacemaker. So he was like giving me positive things, and I was like, honey, the brand is cynical candor. We don't talk about happiness. <laughs> oh, that makes me smile. Okay. Um. I mean, you can also talk about what wakes well, you up okay. in the morning, but I mean, I wake up like in probably normal people to an alarm clock. So let's go past that. Um. Well, I'm going to start out by saying that I. Uh, I have some serious anxiety, like I think any normal person does, probably from any generation when it comes to public speaking, so I'm just going to put that mm. out there now, like I really, not even public speaking, I would say it took me about three years after graduating college before I felt comfortable going into a conversation with an like with anybody, but primarily an adult and especially like new people, I just really had a hard time constructing sentences, and I think it's from taking like one too many college courses with business majors that were just really good at BSing and maybe making me feel really small where I was just like, I can't keep up with you guys, even though I know everything you're saying is kind of bullshit. Um, so ever since then, I feel like that really took its toll on my confidence where I just could not even just hopping on the phone with people for work. Cause most of my job is spent on the phone talking to people about software and it would be so hard to talk. So it wasn't until I finally got more comfortable and more confident in my job and just in life in general, that I finally could start Which I feel like talking. was like a year ago. I remember you talking about that when I came down for New Year's, about mm-hmm. how, like, it finally took, like, you finally got there to the point where you were able to be comfortable in these situations. Mm-hmm. Which is very strange to me, because, strange might not be, but... Growing up in the church, I feel like you're always on display. Like you're, mm-hmm. and maybe that's yeah, part of it. Like you're just on display. But like I feel like we talked a lot, we sang a lot in front of people. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was like a community thing. But then being in the gifted program, you're also lauded. Like I'm mm-hmm. surprised that it. Yeah, I think it's so. I think that it basically during that time. I mean, I would get kind of no. I don't think I ever remember being really nervous to get in front of people and talking. I remember even talking in front of this whole church of adults and being like. I'm so grateful for this, and I thank God for this opportunity to serve. Right. And I was, t- and I felt so comfortable knowing that I was like saying the right shit to these people. But I think once I got to college, and I uh, realized, like, even if I, even if I was more intelligent or really was a better, a better test taker than a lot of these business majors, that kind of intelligence doesn't matter there. 
Right. So I would it basically really it really took its toll my senior year when I had to take my capstone, my business policy class, where you're in a class of you know fifty business students. You're broken up into groups of four, and you basically have to get up in front of a class and explain why you're investment deal or why your company that you want to support is going to be more successful in the long run and I felt like I could really present some good data but then another like douchey frat guy would get in front of the classroom and would present a killer speech where he could just really explain why he would charm the pants off the whole class and like I just could not recover from that and, and I think be like I saw you last weekend with a fucking lampshade on your head. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dick yes yep I would see them at, at rugby parties basic yeah like just basically like their brain cells were fried but yet they because they can speak eloquently they would just yeah crush me in those classes and I think that that just took its toll where I was like this is basically the field this is the workforce that I'm going into and how can I compete and it freaking just it made it so hard like I just and then also getting into the workforce and having to, I feel like faking it till you making it is such an important piece when you're yes. starting out working with, I'm working with, you know, CFOs, controllers, senior accountants and trying to talk to them even though they clearly know more than I do and I can't answer 50% of their questions, mm-hmm. still trying to instill that, you know, they should have some confidence in me that I'm going to get them right the answers that they need. It took a long time to really get to that point to be secure enough that it's okay, I don't have all the answers, um, that, you know, if you can just talk about what you know and then let them know that you're going to come up with what you don't know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So it, it took a long time to get there. So that's something that makes me anxious, I would say still to this day, but it has been a work in progress for people who uh, also struggle with that. I feel like, personally, I always had, in a different format, though, because I don't think I ever... The most, like, professional way that I was in front of people talking to people was always, like, um, school-related. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm at the point where, like, I can get up in front of a crowd and, like, talk. or what. I keep thinking, and this is, like, super morbid and knock on wood and everything, but about my grandfather's funeral... Oh, yeah. Oh, I will wow. really volunteer to be up there. Mm-hmm. Not that that's even that many. Maybe a couple hundred people. Right. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, the auditorium size, if it were to be full. Um, but, like, I'm capable of somehow blocking it out now. Mm-hmm. But I remember being a kid mm-hmm. and, like, and even into college. And I think public speaking, speaking class really helped me. Did you have Get to do it. that as a part of your journalism major? Like, it was gen ed. Okay, so wh- like with your journalism, I guess, does public speaking come into that at all? So I was print, print oh, so not emphasis. So no. We did a little like radio bite, but no, because I wasn't broadcast media. Broadcast mm-hmm. media gets into that a little more like... We did have to go in front of the camera and stuff, but again, it's like 20 people in your class that are there. So no... But I also think putting myself out there, like, I think it was more recent than college. Like, I think I understand the connection of, like, you know, they always say, like, people don't understand how the internet is permanent and, like, you're putting it out there for all these people to watch. I think it really, like, does resonate for me. Mm -hmm. So that helps that, like, if I'm able to record a video that, like, 200 to 500 people watch, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Doing this stuff with Cody, the meals videos... Mm-hmm. Like, they really helped me to be able to present myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still get anxious as fuck. But I used to get, like, I remember in middle school, like, going on for a band concert, or I had a couple solos in chorus. Like, 
blacking out, mm -hmm. like almost like passing out. Like, yeah. I'm not remembering any of this. I can't see. I'm just going to do it or like I'm going to faint. Did you have chorus solos mm -hmm. with Miss Bach? <sighs> not with Miss Bach. No, with Mr. McFadden. At, oh, middle um, school. Yeah, middle school. Gotcha. I didn't with Miss Bach. Yeah, I'm I, not very talented. So. Uh, yeah, I, know, I, I can't believe uh, in jazz band they would give me, like they let me do solos, and I was so bad. Like I listen, I see those videos now. I mean, I haven't watched one in a long time, but every now and then somebody from jazz band will post one of our videos, and I'll listen to my oh solo. Oh my god! And I'm just like, <gasps> but I also know I was so nervous. I, that I was nervous about, like getting in front of those big crowds with all these judges playing jazz music which i had no idea yeah. what i was doing uh bless our hearts we tried so hard <laughs> you know what it built character yeah i appreciate those days yeah jazz band i, I don't miss them but i appreciate them okay i will say when i look back on high school i think something i, I do miss jazz band practice because i think that's something i'm never going to get back like field hockey who gives a shit because i can still like you can join rec leagues now and it's it's to me it's about the same except less um annoying and you play rugby i think you're in that camaraderie mm -hmm. athletic so it's about the same but i do miss jazz band and just the fact of like being able to like go and play music on, on an instrument like I've, i haven't touched my saxophone since i was 18 so well, i have one right there do you want to no it's broken. <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> give the listeners a taste you can join those things though yeah I mean, you not totally that you're can so but my pop-up did, and that's the caliber of people that we're talking about, so maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my friend Eeyore mentioned that they went to uh, see their friend David play in his uh, gay performance band, and they pretty much said that it was just like going to see a high school band play, <laughs> but in the best way possible, where like, these are people who are just doing this for fun, and that really spoke to me, but I, I don't, I, I would have to like really uh, work through my schedule and I feel like I'm already overcommitted. Yeah, with, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, so. So yeah. what else? What else freaks you out? Okay, so let's get into, okay, so I think what really like keeps me up at night is um, just our religious upbringing, growing up in the evangelical church and just how that still affects me day to day because even though I am pretty secure in my beliefs and where I am now, or lack thereof, because really I am leaning towards no faith whatsoever. Um, I still feel some t sort of responsibility towards this community that brought me up as a person. And I, I okay. think that um, there's a lot of problems that come with it. And while there are, I'm sure a lot of people our age who still abide by their faith, have a lot of spiritual beliefs, um, and also are looking at things with a critical eye. Um, while those people definitely exist, I think that there's still a lot of problems with the church community that we grew up with and, and just, I would say, the general church in America and kind of how we are here today, you know, in large part because of them. So, Do you think that we grew up in a, like, I have a hard time explaining it to people because half the people, the people that knew us growing up, Michelle, you know, mm -hmm. like people that like grew up with us, I think understand, mm -hmm. even though they weren't in it. Weren't, they might yeah. have come to youth group once or twice. They, but they understand that strict isn't the right word, but essentially strict mm -hmm. or like closed minded, whatever. There's so many adjectives to describe it. Um, but like, I have a hard time. 
trying to explain to people that grew up Christian that I'm meeting in my adult life or like coming back to in my adult life, like what it was actually like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was bad. No, I think for the most part, but, well, when you're young and in it, it was great. It was a great sense of community. I had so many friends in there. I'm so grateful for the youth group leaders that uh, I was able to build relationships with. Yeah. And, you know, but I do think, if I still think about some of those sessions that we had um, and how they really prevented, no, it's fine. I'm glad that I had that. But I think about- But you're able to recognize it. Yeah. So, like, good for you. And I feel like I'm the same way where I'm like, okay, these are, like, whatever thought processes. But I think there's a huge portion of people that are super damaged by this. Like, we might have been damaged but are able to heal it. And like damage might be a little harsh, but I I don't know. Yeah. I think and no, I think it, and I I, I I am so thankful for higher education because it took me a couple years. So basically, I still remember one youth group session when I was probably eighth to ninth grade, where we just spent the whole entire Sunday night um, session basically covering why um, climate change is false and why the news media is just trying to make us believe something that's not real. And we basically were like looking, trying to find what? Christian science to prove that. Death caps aren't really causing a threat, and Jesus is going to come back before all of this. Was this in Oxford Valley? Yeah, I just, I was I, I there for that. I don't I, think it, it was in, probably it was probably a Sunday night service. So like you know, only like it was like small group where we would really dig into the controversial issues that allowed us to really advocate for our faith. But I remember sitting there with Trey and John and being like, yeah, I know. Because I also will say I did have a seventh grade teacher who was very much a climate change denier. So I had all of this stuff from my seventh grade teacher to spout back at them and be like, I know the right answer. <laughs> and just like wow them with my knowledge on why climate change is not real, which I wholeheartedly disagree with now. Right. Um, but those were grown-ass adults that fully believed this and wanted all of us as teenagers to believe it as well. And that's the issue. So yeah, basically I'm just grateful that I was able to... That's crazy. Freshman year of college, I, I still like would go to church and I was really like, you know, I'm going to stick with this. I want to be a light to these people at this school while also getting drunk on Saturday nights and then going to church Sunday mornings. And then, (laughs) but thankfully from taking my philosophy classes and having to read other religious texts, I'm like, wait a second, other people are trying to be good people without the Bible. And in fact, their way of becoming good people makes way more sense and is actually more loving than what I've been brought up to believe. So maybe this isn't right for me. So, so I was always conflicted because my dad grew up Catholic and I always remember this weird like juncture of, because it's the same goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same Bible. And I remember, but not to, but not to, the not people, to us, not to, not us to our Catholic. religion, yeah, not, not to, not to my parents yes. or Jeff's parents. Yeah. Like not, they would always talk about how there were extra books in the Bible. And my dad would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I remember like one of our youth leaders talking about how the, Catholic Bible had like extra bu- and like at our because remember we would separate boys and girls for devotions which is also kind of fucking toxic because it's not like oh, we I were talking we about that. yeah I guess we kind of did because there were sometimes we did small groups though yeah too. yeah and <laughs> talking about how the Catholic church had more whatever and I would come home and my dad would be like uh 
They they all used to call me Sister Christian because I was <laughs> because I you yeah know. you were yeah you were into excited. I, I was, had that Got God T shirt. I never I cursed because I was so, I had I had similar T shirts that I was so embarrassed to wear to school. But you would wear them with pride, and I was like. Get it, girl. You're so much braver. I brought than my me. Bible to school for Ugh. pray at the pole. I always left it in my locker. Like, Damn, yeah, girl. yeah. And then I had a taste of alcohol, and it all just went to Satan. I was mm. like, hell, Satan. No, <laughs> no. I was very Christian until college too. I think a similar experience. Like, mm-hmm. I had all these um, history classes that would compare religious experiences, and I'd be like, okay, well. What is so different? And then mm-hmm. I met such a network of people that were, and I was like, there is no way all these people. And it, so for me, the question always came down to, how are you going to tell me that my dad is going to hell because he didn't say the words, I accept Jesus into his heart? He already accepted. He didn't mm-hmm. have to do like some weird evangelical mm-hmm. preachy show thing where he like, got down on his knees and prayed in front of a church. Like, he mm-hmm. has been living this faith his whole fucking life. Yep. And then I always had the the biggest problem with people... So, you think about missionaries, and, like, they would go to other countries and witness, too. And I remember being at Calvary Baptist. I went to the youth group there, and then I went to church there for a little bit yep. when we got older. But I remember going to the youth group there, and we watched this movie. End of the Spear? I must have been. That, that sounds right. I wanted to be a missionary because of that movie. And, oh, my God, thank God I had teachers like Mr. Kinlock that were like... See, that's so opposite for me. It turned me off so much. But this movie was like the... Bi- I they thought were, of they, this it was, before It's people who went to like the Ecuador jungles. And yes, and people killed. died. There yeah. was... Yeah, I mean, death is like an imminent <laughs> thing in Christianity. That's the whole point of everything, which I think is why it was mostly so damaging to me. But... I just remember thinking prior to that, like, what happens to the people that genuinely never get witnessed to? Like, yeah, there are going to be people that don't get witnessed to, which is, by the way, if you're listening and didn't grow up in this culture, it's like um, when somebody sits down with you and (laughs) explains to you that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, which like, sure, but it was always like works Versus, like, being a total piece of shit and just asking saying, Jesus into your heart. one sentence, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I never... And believing it. I mean, I guess you have to believe it. But you could also, like, commit atrocities and still get to heaven. And I never... So when I got to college and I was like, all these other things seem to be so much more conducive of, like, a positive world. And I know that you're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. And there are, like, so many, like, layers to that. But it just all seemed, like, so fucking hypocritical. Yeah, and especially to be hurt, to be, have to hear that at a young age with your dad. Because, <clears throat> well, because my grandparents were always trying to witness to him. And oh, he's like, what guy. makes you think I'm not a Christian? What makes you think? That was always the argument. Like, what makes you think that I'm not a Christian? Yeah. What makes I your religion to- better than my... Or what makes your it's, version of Christianity a bit, bit more accurate than my version right. of Christianity? And it's the same thing. But they would always have this qualm about him praying to, like, the Mary's, saints. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just, like, fucking yeah, weird. Well, coming back to that imminent death conversation, because, like, you're having, you're having to think about your dad going to hell at such a young age with your grandparents. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember at a very young age having to watch this left behind type movie that was about it was called it wasn't left behind it was called 
I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. Okay. Well, yeah, someday. Same premise. (laughs) Same premise, but it was made in the 70s, so it was real hokey. But basically, it was about the end time. So it showed everybody getting wrapped up into heaven and people being left behind. People who were left behind had to get the Mark of the Beast tattooed on their forehead or on their arm. And it showed that you couldn't, like, go to the store and stuff without this. And I was, so, I don't know, I was in second or third grade, so so seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And it traumatized me because I was like, oh, my goodness. The the Earth, it wasn't even that I was, you know gonna get left behind it was more like oh shit the the earth is gonna end and it traumatized me for a good I would say year to year and a half it's kind of like when a pet dies when you're that age and it like sticks with you forever yeah yeah so it's not the same as I would say having a family member die. like that's more traumatic but it's still something that really fucked with my brain well the whole thing I don't think any of it is to play like uh, this was worse for me or anything I think all of it is very personalized because they do it in that way to make it, like, applicable to any situation Mm -hmm. you have. So, like, whatever trauma or whatever situation you're going through, that applies. That Bible verse will apply to your life in some way. So, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, that's not even traumatic that my dad was Catholic. Like, there are so many worse things where, like, thank God my parents were, like, considered wholesome in some regard. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been... Could you imagine, like... People, like, I feel bad for my mom. She was adopted mm-hmm. into this whole faith. Yep. Like, how did she feel? Like, what fuck nuts were her par- her biological parents for giving her up? That's an internalized. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, there so are people true. with, like, really actually terrible situations that, mm-hmm. like. Well, and it's funny. Yeah, you say that because, yeah, you're right. It was really unique to me because <laughs> I try to express, like, explain this type of terror that I had growing up with my my counterparts, my a lot of my rugby Your teammates. Secular friends. Yeah, my, <laughs> yes, my worldly friends, my friends of the world, my my rugby teammates who are mostly my age. Some are a little bit older, and I'm like, Don't, didn't you guys ever have fear of the rapture? And they're like, what even is that? Yeah. And I try to explain. I'm like, well, you know, in some ways, I'm really thankful that you guys didn't have to go through this, but also. I am thankful I had to go through with that because it's made me much more prepared with the concept of the earth ending with climate change. Like, I'm really cool right. with the earth ending and not cool with it, but I am I can come to grips with the earth ending in 12 years because, like, you know, I basically went through my whole elementary school years thinking Jesus was going to come back at any time and basically bring me up to heaven, the most boring place on earth. <laughs> the most boring place on earth. The streets are paved with gold, but you can't do anything with the gold up there. Like, what's the You point? literally just have to sing all the time or something like that. Right? That's how I pictured it. You're singing Ugh. constantly. Fuck that. So. Um, I agree with you. I have always, in a different sense... And uh, so I'm an elitist. I think I'm better than everybody. <laughs> but I have always said that um, I think reading the Bible as a young child has made me smarter. And I don't mm-hmm. mean to say that I'm smarter than anybody else. I just mean, like, if you look at, like, a thermometer, I could have gotten to 50 degrees, but I got to 75 because I had to interpret this text and apply it. And I think it was very much like a constant exercise of, like you know, a reading class in a way. Yeah, and I think that having to stretch my brain by memorizing those hundreds and hundreds of Bible verses, I think in some ways it made me a better test taker. Like, it made me much better for those statistical tests that that required reading comprehension. Comprehension, that's Mm -hmm. what I was looking for, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm... I'm, And in a way, empathy, but also it made me a terrible fucking 
thinking person. And that's yeah. why I'm an elitist in a big way because I think we grew up in a very judgmental sect. Oh, hell yeah. We were terrible. Yeah. Oh. Like we were cool to each other because we both had the same mindset. But anybody that didn't have the same mindset, we were fucking obnoxious. They were going to hell, yeah. Yep. Rude and like condescending. Mm-hmm. And I feel so much like regret toward that Mm -hmm. because I am sure there are so many Christians that are so fucking loving and oh right yeah and I don't and it's a shame that like that was our experience but also I'm I don't think that we're unique when it comes to this no yep no but But the other part that I want to talk about with Christianity is my sexuality oh yeah bring it on because I remember which is always a work in progress, but <laughs> I remember being in, like, seventh grade, living, I think it was seventh grade. I lived in Indian Creek, and I was showering. I had a, a shower radio, blasting, like, Bowling for Soup, and, oh, yeah. you know, those hits. Oh, yeah, no, I would, mean, I, yeah, I definitely had them on my iPod all through college, so. We'd burn the CDs at Thomas's house. Yeah, yeah that, that's how I learned about Queen, us. so really good things came from that. I can't believe and Especially when we're talking about sexuality, so, yeah. <laughs> Right. Come on. <laughs> but I was in the shower, and I don't even know if it applied to a certain, like, person. Like, I think my thought was, like, I do not like any dudes. Like, I don't. And I remember getting, like, a David Beckham poster to, like, try to compensate for, like, not being attracted to anybody. Because mm-hmm. I just wasn't. Yep. And everybody else was, like, super into anything, any, anybody. Yep. And I was like, oh, what is wrong with me? I'm this, this is the age where yeah, you're no, supposed that to out. like that people. That sounds so right. And I was like, I don't like anybody. And I was like, I cannot be a lesbian. I remember, like, not crying, but tears coming out of my eyes in the shower. Like, I wasn't, like, sobbing. But I think that might have been my first panic attack where I was, like, <gasps> hyperventilating. And I like, had one in the shower, too, because I had one in the shower. Not related to my sexuality, but related to God being real or not. Mm. But anyways, yeah, keep going. That's so- I was just like, I'm not a lesbian. I'm not a lesbian. I am not a lesbian. Which, if you read The Secret, you can't say things in the negative because that just draws it to you ten oh, times harder. Shit. So I'm like, oh, my God. That Ooh. was one of, like, the, the defining moments that... I- at that point, I was like, this is never, I'm never going to remember this. And now when I think back on it, I'm like, oh, girl, you're fine. Because you had a lesbian. <laughs> How old do you think you were at that time? Like 16 or 17? No, seventh grade. I was like oh, 13. pretty early on. Oh, yeah. Cause, and you definitely had hit puberty at that point, right? Ish. Yeah. I got my period at like 13-ish, oh, I'd wow. say. So even early that early on, I don't even know if I was really aware. Well, part of the problem was that was the age. So this goes into my whole like eating disorder-esque thing. I had started gaining weight around fourth grade. Okay. And that's when I started to use food as like a coping mechanism, I think. And I, I didn't even realize until recently that that's what it was. But um, like... St- Stress-based in a weird way, not things that you would think of stress were stressful. It's like emotional coping, which is it's bizarre. So I started to gain weight. Everybody would call me a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I had this weird identity crisis, which I think is due to like our gender roles in this country and society. So like, yeah, interesting. And then I didn't. I mean, I think I repressed a lot. Hence the consistent so you weight didn't- gain. Yeah. Did you ever college. feel like you like saw certain people and certain 
I would say females, female adults even, who were, I'm going to just use Miss Edge as an example. Uh, no, I was going <laughs> to say, just I, let it out. <laughs> I definitely had like, I was like, am I, do I have a crush on her or do I just want to be her? That's um, always my debate too. <laughs> but like, did you like, did something like that like make you think like, oh damn, I really could. No, it was, it was the, because I think, and this is, I think why I identify as pansexual, which I hate to fucking label things, but I am not conventionally, I can appreciate beauty in anything, anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can, I, there are very few people that I genuinely think are ugly, but it's all personality based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even the woman that we know from our childhood that you showed me a picture of last night that your mom saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to shout her out because who knows who listens to this yeah. shit, but. Um, very unconventionally attractive. For sure. But when I saw that picture, it just gave me such joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't like, hmm, that's unfortunate that she looks like that. Like, there. No, yeah. So it's all personality based for me. So, no, I never saw a woman and was just like, damn. I mean, at that age. Right. Now I can, but I think it's indicated by. Th- smiles or but I like femininity mm-hmm. I was trying to explain this to my friends last weekend I like very feminine looking people so hmm. high mm-hmm. cheekbones gaunt thin it makes it feminine but feminine but to sure. me in my head I don't know I like very I like that thing where dudes look like they're wearing eyeliner mm-hmm. but they're not mm-hmm. like I, I'm into that so, like, Peaky Blinders, I don't know if you watch it, but no. the main dude, I don't watch it either. Michelle's, like, Oh, but he's the guy it. who's in, uh, is he in the Batman Begins as a scarecrow? I don't know. You know, it's I haven't we'll watched Batman later. movies in a while, but, yeah. People that are, like, super feminine, mm-hmm. I'm into, conventionally speaking. But, yeah, no, for me, it has never been, like, a, I saw a woman. It's more like I had to have, like, well, because we know your older sister, not Bethany, was like the OG girl crush. Yeah, And yeah. it was a personality thing. Mm-hmm. I also love gingers, so. Well, um, so I guess, like, who was telling you that you were a lesbian? Because I know that people had to think that, think that I was a lesbian. And probably they can still call me a lesbian, like, that's whatever. There's like, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I but, but, but like I think homophobic. That, I mean, I look at, I know that if I were, as like right now, being a rugby coach, if I were to see young seventh grade probably, I'd be like, I'm also lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I know I would. And like, and even now I'm still like, I don't, I don't know why I don't like women. And it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Because uh, I think that in, in, on the whole, I present myself with some serious masculine energy, but I, I found my high school journal and I was a fucking creep it was just basically about all the, like the dudes that I was attracted to and they were all 35 40 plus you loved Kevin Costner dude we uh, would go all over Brody. town to get yes, DVDs of Kevin Costner uh, what was we would wrong? walk miles to get DVDs of Kevin Costner every time we went to the mall we had to go to FYE yep. you had a weird obsession fesh- with- fetish with older guys older guys yeah because basically I had like my list I was like Colin Firth, Kevin Costner, Hugh Jackman, like, and I'm just, like, rings, and I'm just, like, checks out. <laughs> it's, like, not much has changed, but it's still just, Jeff like... kind of looks like an old man, so, no. Yeah, he, I mean, he, I mean he's, he's prematurely bald at 27, so, and, like, that's when I fell in love with him, so. Yeah, it all checks out, but I'm still just, like, like, at least, like, I, like, I, like, I feel pretty secure in my sexual orientation and that, like, sure, you can call me bisexual, but I'm probably just going to be hooking up with dudes 
that look like old men, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that. Is that is so funny. And, yeah. Yeah, no, classmates would, mostly my family, though, and that's why oh, it bothered me Oh, that's tough, so yeah, because they really see to the core of you, so, right. or they, you think they Well, and be- I think that's where the conflict was. I think if the terms were around then, or they would, like, honestly not be mocking, but then you couple it with the Christianity that makes lesbianism, that sounds, like, so wrong, but makes out like a different sort of sexual orientation than straight to be like a sinful thing right yeah then you're fucking so it was bad Mm -hmm. and i remember so i don't know if i talked about this on the podcast before but um i remember so my brother you know curtis my little brother there's a seven year difference and then a five year difference from my middle brother he is um he is very gay (laughs) like he is gay like, I'm kind of gay, but he is gay. And everybody, like, from kind of right before kindergarten on would talk about it, like, mm, he might not be gay. He might just be effeminate. Or, like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. As if it were, like, a problem mm-hmm. to be gay. And I remember he came out on Facebook in, like, the fifth grade, which was not, I mean, that's his decision. That's his yeah, life. Sure. But, like very weird time we grew up in where like people didn't understand like the uh, effect of social media or the reach yep i guess um but i remember uh i was a senior in high school one of my friends saying in lou volpe's class the great Mm -hmm. lou volpe the theater fucking aficionado of bristol township saying oh your brother's gay and it wasn't even in like a in, in like a mocking way or like a derogatory no, I think way you saying this on your podcast where you oh, did i yeah yeah and then it was like my brother is not gay like it was this weird defense of like why am i jumping to like there's nothing wrong with it and volpe saying like cassandra it's okay to be gay yep and but- i think that clicked a whole fucking thing in my head that, like, I didn't acknowledge because I didn't have any experience. You don't have anybody else telling you, somebody that you trusted telling you those things. Right. Where you can, like, it's not, for me, it's, like, really, I've been looking back a lot now, not that I am by any means the wokest individual, but I feel like I have turned a corner and I can see when I turn corners on different areas. Yeah. And it's cool thinking about, before I turn the corner, who planted the seeds to get me there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, sure, at that point you hadn't turned a full corner of being like, wait, it's okay to be gay and it's okay if I'm gay. But at least he, like, planted the seeds for you to be able to, like, like right. take that on. Right. It was a definite deep seed, which... Mm-hmm. Grew into a beautiful pansexual flower. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. That's what's up. So, uh, yeah, because I, I still think about, like, when I really think about turning the corner, it usually would happen from something stupid, like me watching an episode of Chelsea Handler, or me, mm. I don't know, there's, or me watching just a documentary where I'm like, oh, shit, like. Yeah. Think, but but I still can, like, think back to my, you know, conversation with my roommate of color, or thinking back to, like, one of my queer friends explaining a topic to me that I had no idea about, and then that kind of opening up my mind to the fact that, they're not unique. There's a lot of other people like that right. on this planet. And I think right. that, that Lou Volpe is a great example of somebody who is out and, and proud, but like... But also, yeah. But, yeah. but he grew up in a different time where like... It, I mean, I want to I say that he was to us, but actually maybe he probably really was. But he wasn't. Because mm-hmm. it was always a question. Because he was married. He talked about his ex-wife. He had a daughter. Oh, he was or a married. son, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a kid. Mm-hmm. So we would all like... 
tiptoe around him. He wasn't, I mean, it was blatant. So the dude spoke like, like he definitely was like, yeah, presenting as gay. Yep. And yet he definitely had, but it was never spoken about Mm -hmm. and loved. I loved that. I think that's what like, yeah. Good fucking dude. I hope he's okay. He like had seizures and stuff. But he still ran every day when I had him. He was Holy in his shit. 70s. So yeah, no, he, he must left a serious 80s. legacy. And I was not even involved in theater. I was kind of a theater hater because I was actually, I hated a lot of things up until my 21st year. So, but, but at the same time, like, yeah, even when we went through stuff, I feel like he was just a good, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So anyways, for being a theater hater, he really was a good guy. Yeah, he made a huge impact on the whole community. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, so... Anyways, <sighs> yeah. so stressful. Yeah, so I know. Like, like thinking about back on that though. So, I mean, do you, so if you think about that whole church that we grew up in, and I feel like even though I have not talked to any of those church people recently, I still feel like I we knew them. Like they really were like a weird extended family for us. Yeah, because we did do like lock-ins. We saw them once a week at least. You saw them more because I didn't really go to church then Sundays. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw them twice down Sundays. And I, well, I just like, th- and I, I remember coming back from college and wanting to visit them. Like that's who I wanted to see. And I just think, like, if I were to talk to them now, I, I like to think that even though we do not see eye to eye, we could still have that same fun. I just remember go- every Sunday or Wednesday going to church and just talking about The Office, the last week's episode of yeah. The Office, and just quoting in it. It was just so fun. And I think that we could still have those, even though we have some serious fundamental differences on. Um, Basically everything when it comes to sex, um, sexual orientation, probably race relations, climate change, as I've said before, stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Because I do, so in a, like a, in a weird roundabout way, I feel like I do still, I was going to use the word fellowship. Oh my God. <laughs> Culty. But like, I, I am in this social media com- community where I follow people that we went Oh, I still follow them. (laughs) Right. But I feel like in a way I'm relating to them through that. Mm -hmm. But also now I don't think it would be. Because, okay, so it it really all depends. So my grandmom's brother's a pastor in Maine. He came to visit right before Thanksgiving, I think. And I, I just remember tweeting that I was so grateful that, like, it's winter and I can cover my tattoos so I don't have to ask, like, be asked the question, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because all of my tattoos do have a meaning, but mm-hmm. whether you want to hear what the reasoning is behind it. And also you can get a tattoo and not, not have, have a, a meaning. fucking meaning for it. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, super nervous. Um, my mom and I had a therapy session right before I went and I was, like, bugging the fuck out. But I think they know, because of social media, how I feel about, I mean, I'd hope that's where they got it from, and they weren't just tiptoeing around me for whatever reason, because, like, I reject all of the Christianity bullshit, because, like, mm-hmm. I, I see through it. Like, yep. I don't, this is not conducive of, like, a positive relationship with each other or God. Like, yep. you shoving this shit down my throat, I know it. I've lived it. That's you know? it. That is so. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. That's really what it is. What I, I try to. Exp- okay. So basically, tying all this back together is basically like what gives me anxiety is like I feel like I do have an obligation 
to to yes. minister to this community to to my mom although i'm gonna be honest my mom she's a pretty reasonable person i don't think that we see eye to eye on things like abortion but i think that deep down she is pro-choice so like i think my mom is fine and Mm -hmm. i do want to talk about tattoo conversations with my mom because it's a pretty funny story (laughs) um but there i do feel like other people like like my boyfriend's mom who is very involved in the community and like loves jesus i feel like this responsibility to explain to them like why I know that you really want to love people, but your version of love is actually really harmful to yes. some people. And yes, and while you can't see the harm, I can. And can you just trust me right. that it exists? And um, I want to. So I want to figure out a way to do that without them um, thinking them being condescending or an annoying millennial. And um, did I or rejecting their religion completely yes. altogether? Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like that's where I kind of feel this responsibility because I try to explain this. Uh, so um, my boyfriend's parents came to visit for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that it was you know like they're nice people, but we don't always see eye to eye. So they really wanted to explain you know why it's it's very clear in the Bible why homosexuality is a sin. And I and I, I when they brought that up, I'm like I hear what you're saying, but. Um, you know, not everybody. In, it all started with Kelly Clarkson. They're very upset that Kelly Clarkson is is wishy washy. She doesn't stand for anything because she claims to be a Christian, but she really advocates for LGBTQ rights. Okay. And I'm like, well, you know that there's a lot of versions of Christianity that are very um, affirmative when it comes to those lifestyles because really there's nothing wrong with like that's that's just right human. They're just being human. And the word lifestyle seems so like. But it's how you live. That's this is your oh, yeah, life. Yeah. Like it's genuinely like what you. That's what's going to give you fulfillment. Nobody would choose the persecu- the cro- constant persecution. But. Yeah. Well, in her mind, that they are because right. it's, it's a cool right. thing to do. So I did like try to explain to her. Like she kept like telling me uh, basically why these things are are sinful and why Kelly Clarkson is not really a Christian and and basically. Um, trying to explain, basically just telling me everything that, and, and I had to like explain to her, I'm like, I, I know what you're saying, and I want you to know that that most queer people have heard all of this before, so you're not telling them anything new. Right. And by you trying to espouse this love of God on them, you're not telling them anything new. Like, you think that you're changing the world by um, by showing God's love, but but it's not working. It's being more harmful than it. It's mm-hmm. pushing, so I think that's part of when I went, to eat with my uncle they did not talk to me about anything to do with the bible which mm-hmm. was amazing i was like thank fucking god like my uncle was asking me like is it cool to wear like slides like nike slides with socks and i was like yeah and he's like well your aunt shelly doesn't think it's cool and i'm like this is dope like, thank you for talking about cool this motherfucker. and then pop-up goes goddamn pop-up losing his fucking mind goes <laughs> Do you still go to church? Ugh. I'm like, you were the last one at this table that I would have thought would have asked that question. And now you want to be a coherent and throw me under the bus? And I said, no. no. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's good. And I said, what do you mean that's good? And he was like, well, I appreciate that you're honest with me. And I was like, well, what do I have to lie to you about? Like, I think it's very clear how I feel on the... And listen, being a Christian, I know that I'm, like, super anti-Christian on this podcast. I appear to be. I'm not. And I have a cross tattooed on my arm. There is part of me that will always hold on to the fact that maybe Jesus died for our sins. But mm-hmm. I'm also so open mm-hmm. to the fact that any other possibility is true and I just don't feel the need to be involved in this American evangelical bullshit mm-hmm. that seems to do nothing but promote toxicity and judgment. And, yeah, and bring people like Trump into office. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I hear you. So, 
I know there is a whole sect of church that is like shrouded in love and actually projects it. But for me, I already learned it. I read it. I have a Bible in my bedside drawer. If I need to consult it, I will. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah. So because like how you mentioned that you still have some of that in you and it's possible that you might come back to it. Like um, that's something that I, I am still kind of trying to work with now because I just kind of assume that most of my like I assume that my, Jeff, my partner, and most of my friends are on the same page as me. So occasionally I'll like make a comment about the umpteenth amount of Bibles that we were getting on and putting on our shelves. I'm like, oh, why the fuck do we need these? We don't even believe in this anymore. Yeah. And Jeff will make the comment like, well, I still do. And I'm like, oh shit, sorry. It's And that's totally valid and totally fine. So I have to like kind of reel it back and be like, don't be so harsh about these things. Because, right. because people do not see these things the same way I do. And and I think that in general, that's kind of where I need to start working on is a little bit more moderation with things. Mm-hmm. Because um, in the same way that, you know, us growing up in the church, I feel like we always had that that lingo where we just knew what the perfect thing to say using words like fellowship and yes. in Jesus name I pray just yes. tiny things like that where we just would say the right words to really wow people around us mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm kind of in that same thing again but on the other side of the spectrum yes. where I'm yes. like you yes. know yes. Yes. when you guys couldn't figure out the word of like how to explain how to describe non-white people in my head I was like People of color, duh. But, yeah, but I have heard the only reason I didn't use that was because people of color is the closest thing to saying colored. colored people, yes, yeah. and that's not okay. And I'm yeah. like, what's the difference? Just non-white people. Which is also bad. I don't know. Yeah, I was listening to Cedric the Entertainer on <laughs> Mark Maron's podcast, and he basically was like, yeah, it calls black people, calls whatever, just don't call us colored people. Which So that makes sense why so that I get, person, like, people yeah, of color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, so, but basically I feel like... And don't get me wrong, I think that it's important to use politically correct language. But sometimes I feel like I'm trying so hard to just fit in this where I'm just like, can I just like think about things, you know, moderately? And how how can I do this in a way where I can communicate to people on the other side yeah. who are so far removed from from my DC world? So right, because you're in a super woke environment. That's mm-hmm. like a whole yeah, it's it's like it's like it was like a it's a it was a huge awakening where I was like, oh shit, like I really am behind. So, but but that's such a small percentage of who. Uh, obviously, we're where we are where we are in this country because that's does isn't necessarily a good representation of the country at, at large. I mean, right. that's not the same. Trump did lose the popular vote, but still, I mean, it's still like most of our loved ones mm-hmm. are not in agreement with us, and I think that there's. I I feel like I need to just slowly, I need to continue to work on ways to really minister to these people, talk to these people about, you know, why, let's think about things differently. Let's really think about, you know, what about people who don't believe the same way as you do? Do you still consider them humans? Like, don't their rights matter as much as yours? And that's a big part of why I love this podcast. And I've recently gotten to a certain point where I, I think I'm getting not good at, but like, I'm getting a handle on what exactly what you're talking about, like how to. It, it's hard because everybody's got a different personality. So, mm-hmm. like, if you can start it within your family, mm-hmm. but I have the same. I struggle with the same problem. I'm so extreme about so many things. Like, abortion is very hard yeah. for me to talk about because I get that one. Very, I avoid off. I, like, yeah. like I'm just like let's not even talk about that because I think we have so many other things that we should cover first that are going to be easier to, to talk warm about. you up to it. Yep, yeah, because <laughs> I yeah yep so. Um, For me, it's racial things. Those are the things that I try to... Yeah, and that I definitely am, am, will try to bring up, especially when it comes to 
um, all, Black Lives Matter and stuff and trying to mm-hmm. explain why you can't just say all lives matter, why that is not why that's frustrating to a lot of people, to mm-hmm. me included. So I'll try to, you know, come with that kind of stuff. But for me, I think I'm I'm more in the LGBTQ representation, making sure that we're being inclusive, trans lives, yeah. making sure that people are aware when they talk about those people that, you know, they're not caricatures. Those are those are people, people. that I love. Right. And that those are people. They're just people. And, like, you can't um, push them aside into... Uh, just to make your life easier, so... That's where I think, too, I have an and, advantage and because, like, I present feminine. I look very straight. Like, I seem very straight until you, like, find out about a couple snippets <laughs> and then you're like, oh! Mm-hmm. So I think it's, like, a good... I don't know. A good platform for me to be able to talk to certain people. And that's, Yeah, that's, like, you starting with race and then bringing it over to your sexuality yeah. if it needs to come up. But I don't want to ever talk about my sexuality because I don't like to talk about my personal life. For like, sure. I don't like, to, not with my family. Mm-hmm. Friends is a different story. Right. But, but I think with Curtis, he, that was the point to say, like, he opened so many doors for me that, oh, yeah, like, wow. he took the beating on that. Mm-hmm. And then when I came out-ish... Because I don't ever, I still, like, I remember a New York trip with my aunts and uncles, and they said something about, you know, well, he's gay. Not even in regards to my brother, just, like, in regards to somebody they were talking about. I'm like, well, so am I. Nice, yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, whatever. And then it was kind of like a weird, like, oh, oh. But, yeah. I feel like my family has opened up enough about that. My grandma, that side of the family, they don't really talk about it because I think it's, like, assumed. Mm -hmm. But my grandma said to me, of the tattoos, which is why I appreciate her so fucking much, she said, I realized when your uncle got a tattoo years ago, rest in peace, Uncle Jim, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter what you look like. Your appearance is inconsequential. It's what is inside that counts. And oh. I was like, I'm like vacuuming for her on the porch. I'm like, she's a woman. Yeah, like, she is a wise lady. I'll tell you what. Yeah, and she's put up with her. a lot. I'm like so grateful. Yeah. Very strong woman. Um, okay, so tattoos. I'm glad. Yes. You, thank you for coming back. To, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I just need to tell this story because I love my mom and I think that other people need to just hear about Becky Reed because she is... I love your mom. She's great. She... I'm just so... So, so Becky Reed, she and I went on a trip to Yellowstone this past September together. So, we, it was a week-long trip. We flew out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And basically, we were in a car together, hoteling together for seven days straight. And on the whole, it was... It was a freaking incredible trip. Like, I am so glad I went on it. I'm glad I went on it with my mom. And I'm glad that we were able to treat each other to that kind of... Uh, experience together but and she needs that time mm-hmm. I think like yeah, she, to explore and like for sure yeah. not think about her immediate life work life whatever yep and she's got so much energy she wants to she's like yeah your mom is very like fit mm-hmm. she wants to seize the day while she still has working knees and I'm like yes 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 let's do this together while I like I don't have anything holding me down either like right and so we went out there and basically every day we would go hiking we would go see some cool sites and then we would come back into a local town one of the entrances around the Grand Tetons or Yellowstone and we would find a brewery and basically you know get tipsy enough and then go to sleep mm-hmm. we did that every night and every night would kind of go the same way where <laughs> we would this. have really fun conversations until the conversations would take a turn where we did not agree and then it would get like basically like all right we're gonna drive home in silence yeah. it happened every freaking time sometimes we're stupid stuff like i mean 
basically there was at one point where I had to like tell my mom like, hey, look, I'm just saying this to you because I feel like it's my obligation. In the same way that you feel like you need to tell people about God's love, I feel like I need to tell you about the fact that like these are people I care about and this is how your voting decisions affect them. So there's like those kind of things where I had to be like, hey, the one argument we got, which is like, thankfully the lightest it's one. It's on my heart that I need to choose. <laughs> I, I was like, mom, look, can one on my <laughs> Yeah, I really needed to have that witnessing, that testimony chance. Um, yeah, yes. But the one co- argument we had was over tattoos where I was explaining like, so I have like this huge mastectomy scar on my, on my chest and I was like, I think I want to start, if I get a tattoo, I would probably just start there. Get something simple like a mandala design. Is that the word? Yeah, mandala. Like yeah. a mandala design. Something like, like does, that doesn't necessarily have meaning but just kind of is like a starter and then I can have it spread onto my tattoo, onto my shoulder and then, you know, work with that. You don't have any, right? Tattoos? No, I don't have any tattoos. I just, I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm just a little bit too... Uh, fickle with that but as soon as I mentioned that I didn't want it to have any meaning she's like what you can't get a tattoo that doesn't have meaning and I was like mom how old are you like of course you can I was like well and also I think covering your mastectomy scar is a goddamn meaning yeah like whatever you put there is the fucking meaning you could put a fucking Truman Tiger right there (laughs) what a great idea that mural (laughs) right by this gymnasium I'll think about it um yeah so (laughs) But it was just like my like the fact that like my mom was like arguing with me like almost like pulling that kind of argument that I feel like that's something that I would expect from like maybe a twenty two year old but it was coming from my mom where I was like I'm cool for you for feeling this way but also like no yeah <laughs> I'm like I'm not gonna I don't feel like I need any of my tattoos to mean anything because let's be honest when I talked about getting a tattoo in high school it was gonna be Kevin Costner so like thank <laughs> God you get Kevin Costner right tattooed there. right just here like on my boobs. I have a bomb Kevin Costner and Kevin Costner, and that's the ultimate um, package. Yeah, because you've seen my Kevin Costner mug at my house, right? It's a pretty bomb mug. I don't know. Yeah, I don't recall it. All right, well, next time you're there, keep, yeah. keep your eyes peeled. It's a, it's a good, it's a good drink cup to drink out of. That's a riot. But uh, but anyways, yeah. So that's like my favorite fight, and then. <laughs> My mom and I also got into arguments about, like, open relationships and stuff. And mm-hmm. at one point, she told me that if I was ever considering... Did I, tell you I remember this. You know, yeah. she's like, if you're ever considering having an open relationship, then you cannot even think about marrying Jeff. And I was like, Mom, you cannot tell me who can, I can. Right. cannot marry. Like, why I can't marry somebody. I'm like, not that, like, me and Jeff are necessarily, like, absolutely going down that path. But I'm still just like, ooh, baby. Like, you got to break out of the shell and know that there's... A lot of people who have open relationships that have successful marriages and, like, just... Ugh. I just think you're not going to change anybody's viewpoint because there's a lot of things with my dad. I talked to my dad about doing acid one time, accidentally, mm-hmm. and he snapped on me. <laughs> he was like, don't you do those drugs. They change you forever. I'm like, Dad, you, I have done drugs. If only you've known how long Like, seriously, <laughs> like, this is not a revelation. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm fine. Like, I'm not, like, going down some crazy hole. I'm like, I'm not doing heroin. Like, you don't... But Cody mm-hmm. was talking about doing shrooms. Huh. And that was fine. Because it's natural. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Bullshit. All right. But, anyhow, yeah. there there are some things that you could, just can't change people's opinions on. And, and that's, and like... And that's, to me, is not a big deal. And to me, like, right. open relationships, like, not a big deal. Like, if she doesn't, it's, like, it's fine. Like, right. If I'm going to, if if Jeff and I decide to do that down the road, she doesn't have to you p- Exactly. You pick your battles. Yeah. And there are plenty of things. And, but I hate that, that you can't just be yourself, because that's, like, my whole motif is, like, live your authentic truth. But you can't. Yeah. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Sometimes you're contingent upon 
So sympathy for the people that are still closeted out there. Like, mm-hmm. love you a lot. I understand your struggle. And don't let people, like, pressure you into, like, coming out or what have you. Mm-hmm. Like, do you in your time. It feels better once you're out, but it, it doesn't get better necessarily. Well put. Yeah. You know? Yep, yep, yep. All right. I'm going to grab a, I want to Yeah, let's take a break. All right, we're back from break. Um, what you doing? What you listening to? What you watching? What you <laughs> vibing with? Um, so watching, uh, I recently took a trip out to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I conveniently connected with one of my childhood best friends from Indian Creek who moved out to, do you remember Steph Litton who lived right on the corner, um, right across the street from me on... Not really. Yeah, so we she moved away when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. So probably before we our friendship really blossomed. Um but she moved away to Florida and, and then she went to high school in New Mexico. And uh so I went out there to visit Jeff's brother who just recently moved out there. Mm-hmm. And I posted a picture and she said, "Hey, I'm out here if you want to connect sometime." So we hung out and it was wild because I haven't seen her in like 15 years. That's trippy. It was so cool though. It was it, and she's super cool. Um but anyway, she was explaining to me how you know, Breaking Bad took place in Albuquerque, and a lot of the okay. scene, high school scenes were filmed in her high school. Um, so I started watching Breaking Bad. Have you? I'm assuming you saw it. No, I did not. I mean, I know what it is, obviously, mm-hmm. but no, I've never watched. I've watched, like, the first episode. Yeah, it's a really cool pilot. From there, I feel like I had to take it in bits and pieces because it's, like, a wild ride. Mm-hmm. It's not a binge show for me, but I've been, like, watching an episode a week or so. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's something that I'll get through one day. Mm-hmm. I know it's, like critically acclaimed and popularly acclaimed but like a little intense for me it's the same as game of thrones like i'll I'll get there someday but like it's gonna be a whole endeavor that i need to like really you're gonna commit yeah yeah you're gonna be and kind of where it's like out of the limelight too like people are like nobody's talking about breaking bad anymore where Mm -hmm. i feel like i can get into it there's gonna be no spoilies yes and Yes. Well, and I will say, with Breaking Bad, though, I assumed that I kind of got it. I was like, I, I understand the premise. You know, it's this guy who has terminal cancer, and he's a teacher, and then he does... But, like, realistically, that is just the pilot. And, like, I actually had no idea what was going on on this show until yeah. I just started watching it. So, yeah, that's been that's been pretty fun. Um, I also want to put in a plug for the new season of Bob's Burgers. It's been a good-ass time. Bob's Burgers is great. We've been watching the Bleakin episode. <laughs> Yeah, so... I fell asleep on the second part. Me too. We gotta put it back on. Okay, because we definitely... Yeah, because that's where you can really get your Krampus illusions, so... Yeah, I've been... Last night, we were hanging out with Ames and Kate, both former um, Rick, Kate, not other Kate, (laughs) on... um, We were arguing about what to watch, and everybody was like, no, stop trying to suggest these horror Christmas movies, and all I wanted to watch was scary ones, so we got our Krampus filled with the bleak an episode of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Thank God, because that's all I, like, I can really handle with horror stuff. <sighs> oh, but but let's let's talk, I haven't listened to the Stephen Chittiman episode, which I can't wait to listen to on my drive home tomorrow, but... Um, but I did watch In the Tall Grass, and that's about, like, the most yeah. horror movie I've had, and... I really liked it. Like, it, in some ways, like, because I watched it when I first arrived in Albuquerque. Um, mm-hmm. I just watched it and... Which is probably a good place to watch it because I assume Albuquerque is very dry. Yeah, so there's you don't no have any triggers. <laughs> yeah, and, but it did really, like, blow my... It like, was one of those things where I finished watching it and I was like, okay, what so the hell just happened? We're going to get into spoilers. I don't think we ever spoiled this. So, no, this is the third episode we're actually talking about it. So, mm-hmm. buckle up, bitches. We're talking details. 
Um, I was so pissed off when he was tying the fucking grass. Because, okay, you can tie the grass. Why isn't anybody just stomping that shit down? Okay, but I thought about it, because before I'd even seen the movie, you guys talked about that with Michelle, but I'm like, clearly because you would have to, like, literally rip that grass out of the ground. Because if you stomped it down, it's the same thing as tying it. Well, in that world. But think about, so I'm comparing it to a cornfield, because in Bucks County, we have plenty of fucking cornfields. Mm-hmm. And you, you push the stalks over, and mm-hmm. they break. Like, you yeah. snap them fairly easily. Mm-hmm. I think... The tall grass would be easier to snap. No, but well, I don't know. It's me seeing like thin blades of grass starting from the bottom, going all the way up. I don't think I had like those. I pictured it like my bamboo, bamboo plant. Yeah, that's there. not how I. That's not how I pictured it. I pictured it as just being like a long, where you could bend it, but it's like, kind of like papery. But also, there's this mud that you're walking through, right? Can't you just yank that shit out of that's, there? That's I think that's like what, you're tying theory. these fucking leaves. Mm-hmm. It's just that was a hole. Yeah, a whole hole. I will never understand the whole time loop thing. But Steven said on the last episode, like, it's another dimension. Yeah, like, that's what Okay, I, fine. I don't think it's like, another dimension. I think it's just, like, different planes of time where basically there's so many different... This And I'm going to give most of this credit to my boyfriend, but he basically said, like, you know, there's so many different versions of us. And it's kind of like when you watch, right. like, the third Harry Potter... Sorry, watch or read the third Harry Potter. Yeah. Where, um... You know, they use the time turner to go back and pass in the past, so then that version of themselves is watching themselves in the present. And mm-hmm. um, basically, I just kind of think that that there it must be some kind of possibility that that's out there, where you know, there's our current selves, but then there's also other iterations of us across but these on different this dimensions. Planet, that's where maybe I have the problem because mm. I always picture it like on its own separate little snowflake. To bring it back to the Grinch, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? like you should, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, respect. I thought but it made me how, think, though. Who's to say that he can't get saved by them coming back an 18th time? Yeah. How many times? How many well, times? Because I think the fact of the matter, like, there's different different versions of their people that die at different times. So, you know, like, so basically the, the people that he saves there does not mean that the version of the ex-boyfriend, that guy dies, yes, yes. you know. And there's different versions of Tobin in there where Tobin is, like, possessed by the rock. And, right. And there's different times where the woman dies like she dies at the very beginning but then she's you know actually brought back to life so i think that it's basically to show that there's so many different possibilities of so many different outcomes depending on the order of things and yeah yeah so it was i I, liked it but i don't get behind it (laughs) yeah no i definitely liked it and i and i would say ignore the critical reviews on that one because it was. I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. It was a. It, it was a ride, though. I had to watch it in two chunks because, it. it yeah, it, it had me going. So. I watched it three times. Dang. Okay. To try mm-hmm. to get it. Get it. Yeah. And I just. I mean, I get it, but like, there's something they cannot compute in my brain where I'm like, mm, no, doesn't make sense. Yeah. So yeah, bleak an episode of Boss Burgers in the tall grass if you're still in a spooky mood. Um, oh, I just saw, I went to the theaters and saw Dark Waters, and it's a movie with Mark Ruffalo, and it's about how DuPont Chemical has basically been poisoning America since the 70s, and they've done it knowingly, but because the EPA doesn't regulate the chemicals that are coming off of their Teflon production lines, you know, they're kind of able to get away with it, even though I know that that is super immoral and wrong. (laughs) and And it really does, it's killing people, like it's basically... Um, it, it, a lot of it takes place in West Virginia where the um, landfills and stuff that they're filling up with all of this chemical byproduct is, you know, killing cows and 
also they have all this evidence of people who are working on the Teflon production lines where the the pregnant women were having kids with birth defects and like people were dying from cancer. Where does cancer. this take place? The where, movie, where is the chemical plant? This or? one's in West Virginia, but I oh, think it's okay. kind of. I think I mean I can't say for sure, but it seems like it's sort of all over. But particularly, I'm sure they have a lot of plants, and it's not just Dupont. I mean Dupont, especially in this film. But I think that it's also like Dow Chemical and all those other big chemical well, we've companies. Got, we've got a Dow up here, I think, and we have Vermin Haas. And mm-hmm. there are days when you drive through Bristol, which is a beautiful place. Like, I will plug the fuck out of Bristol. But, like, you drive through and your windows are down on, like, a spring day or, like, a late summer evening. And it smells like nothing I can even explain. Mm-hmm. It's like a combination of burnt hair and, like... I don't know, urine. Like, it's mm-hmm. fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's, like, comical, but it's also, like... Holy Who knows shit! What it can be doing, guys? Yeah. And so, so I had no like. I I do kind of remember the whole Teflon thing going down, where they were like, basically, like Teflon's really bad for you. Don't use Teflon. Mm-hmm. And that was like in the early two thousands. Yeah. But you know, Dupont has such wide influence and so much fucking money that you know they were probably able to get a lot of this out of the press. And um, so basically, but. Even though they did that, they're still continuing their actions and they're still polluting. And getting away with it. And getting away with it and, and causing cancer. So basically, it, the whole movie centers around this um, lawyer who just kind of like made this realization in the early 2000s. And still, 20 years later, not much has been done, but he's trying his damnedest to make sure that, that he's holding these people accountable. But it just like, it basically just was like blew my mind. And I, I don't think I could ever watch it again necessarily, but it was, it was kind of, it, with, you know, M- Mark Ruffalo, it was kind of like spotlight where it like opened my eyes to this, something that took place when we were much younger. Right. But it's still so relevant because, you know, spotlight's about the, uh, all the stuff with the Catholic Church right. and the sexual abuse that was going on. And that came out in the early 2000s, but it still is so applicable, especially with all of this shit that happened in Pennsylvania, like this time last year, right? Or maybe it was more recently. It comes out. But especially all the time, yeah, all the time. I, but I remember when that movie came out, a lot of the churches in Pennsylvania had like a whole, which is part of why my dad is like, eh, <clears throat> not that he's not religious, but he's like, I don't want to go to church, and a lot of my family members have it because of it's just it's a crazy concept. Yep, not even a concept; it's reality, mm-hmm. and it's a goddamn shame. What's well, also interesting with the spotlight thing, I one of my. Uh, really good friends from college and now lives in D.C. with me. He uh, mentioned that he grew, grew up very Catholic, went to Catholic school, and he still is pretty religious, um, albeit queer, so it's pretty cool. He's like, but uh, he basically has mentioned, like, he's really, when all that stuff came out, he was really upset thinking, like, my parents were aware of all this. It's not like they were not reading the news in 2000, whenever this broke, 2002, 2004. Yeah, yeah, I think four. He's like, you know, they were not, they knew all of this, but yet they still were sending me to school, you know, letting me go to church and stuff without well, telling me about face. They weren't, that is, but I'm just like, it's so crazy to me that like, yeah, like that, that whole gener, but I also think it's a generational thing mm-hmm. too, where they are just a little bit apathetic. Like they're just, Yes. Our parents are the ap- the most apathetic. Although, are your your parents are Gen apathetic. X, right? Yeah, they're Gen X. I feel like they're like not much older. When we were growing up, they seemed older than your parents, but they're really not. My mom's no. like fifty five, and your parents are like in their late. Oh, 40s. is she really? Yeah, she's born in sixty five, so she's gonna be. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought your mom was sixty. Yeah. So I think that our parents are... Yeah, because you mentioned how old your parents are, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. they're actually pretty much this, like very similar age groups, so same generation. Your parents were just way more mature. No, it's that your parents had um, older kids. I think that was what the difference was, because your older siblings are like... 
seem so much older. They're really not. Now that now once we're we went to your sister's wedding, and I was like, oh, we're like the same. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. Yep, to think about. But yeah, but that is the most apathetic goddamn generation. They're no. just like, eh, meh. But they have like the infor. So they have this weird blend of not to stray from the culture, but they have this weird blend like of. Our kids are super woke, and we're kind of awakening to that. But mm-hmm. also, our parents are super like conservative mm-hmm. or like instilled conservative ideals mm-hmm. within us, and they're like torn. I think our parents are like the yeah. torn generation. Yeah, you. Yeah, so well, that's they're, why they're they kind default of the to being apathetic. Yeah, it's it's just a little bit confusing for them to. Yeah, which I'd rather them be apathetic than like s- still super conservative. Yeah, which I don't mean to say conservative views are a bad. I don't know choice or decision, but you know, have <clears throat> I'm just liberal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Um, have you talked to Bethany about coming on this podcast? Yeah, she's coming on on the weekend that I visit. Oh, okay, cool. So, because so, yeah. something I feel like you guys should bring up is the similarity between your mom and my dad. I think I wanted to bring yeah. it up, but I'll, I'm like, there's two. There's two in there. <laughs> yeah, but that's something I, I'm cur- just curious to, especially your Bethany's take on, because I think that while me and Bethany obviously have uh, similar upbringings, I think that we approached it way differently. So, I'm, oh yeah, I'm curious to to see how what Bethany's take is. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued, but <laughs> I love my teacher friends on podcast, but she's gonna be funny. <laughs> um, I love every one of my guests. So much. Like, I have so much fun doing this. When I edit them and listen to them, I know I bitch about editing so much, but I'm like, this is so much fun. Because <laughs> it's like reliving a whole hour and a half of my life that is just like immortalized. Yep, yep. Forever I now. It. I love it. No, no, I've been pretty I've been pretty stoked about this just because I listen to these things and I and I uh I mean I'm not I'm not a podcast aficionado. I came really late on the channel. But <laughs> um but but I do feel like I was like really excited. I was like, you know, I've listened to so many podcasts now, especially podcasts like Good Christian Fun that you plugged the other week. Yeah. That really have like affected me where I'm just like, I have so many thoughts on this. So it's just cool to have a place to just kind of talk about it. Even if nobody's really listening. But like, I just we think. We have 54 listeners. I'm going to round it up to like 60 now because I hear that Steven's <laughs> episode is a banger. So it, it's been, I've gotten, so thank you all. Um, for listening and responding and, like, answering my stupid, annoying Instagram polls. But um, I got a lot of great feedback from last week's week's episode. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Steven, for doing that, um, just for being here. But it's, I mean, it's by no means viral. But, like, but even so, it's, it's so giving cool. me hope for something. I mean, someday, even if it doesn't even reach, someday I can look back on it and be like, wow. That was on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it's so fun to just have this out there because I also think that, for me, I found the conversations helpful. Like, we didn't even talk about the gifted program and stuff, and but I just think that even just having you guys having that conversation triggered right. it in me where I was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a, a chunk of my life that I didn't even think about. And, and it, not to get, like, weirdly sentimental or anything, but that is my only, like, life goal. That's mm-hmm. why I think I became a writer, even though I'm, like, fake, fake it till you make it is the best thing you've said today because, mm-hmm. like, that's so applicable to my life because I'm just making it all up as I go along. Amen. But I just want to affect the most people with the most positivity in the best way that I can. So, like, if this reaches one person mm-hmm. that wouldn't read, that wouldn't whatever. That's so true. Yeah. That's all mm-hmm. I want to do. Yep. Like, 
plant the seed. Plant the seed. So oh. many callbacks this episode. Yeah, plant the seed. Oh, and can, well, so and then on that note, then so like if we're still plugging pop culture stuff, I yes. I would say that if I can recommend because Shelly recommended some good podcasts and I thought it was cool. She did. Um, so I mean, I love Good Christian Fun. That's been really helpful for me. And lately, I've been getting into Mark Maron's podcast. Um, I listened to it a while back, and then I kind of took a break because like you know. But it's a really nice podcast to listen to at work because he's just interviewing people. It's pretty light. But um, he does an episode a while back. He interviewed Jane Fonda. Interesting. That is a bomb episode to listen to for any, I would say particularly females, but like literally anybody. Like go ahead and listen to it because it's, she's 82 or so and she's, she's 82 now and and the interview is relatively recent. And it's just so wild to hear her talk about because you know she recently was protesting on the White House lawn, got arrested. This is all That's before right. that. I forgot about that. Yeah, this is all before that, and this is basically her talking about you know her political beliefs and basically her trying to explain like why we really need to communicate to America. It, it, it's just really cool hearing somebody her age explain how like things. She will say that things are worse now than they were in the sixties. Like things are worse now than that the Nixon is administration. A hot fucking take. And it's, but it's so obvious though too because Nixon didn't even have to get impeached. He was like, yeah, right. fucked up. I'm, I'm going to resign. Yeah. Whereas this, I'm like, she's like, this is way worse. And I'm like, okay, we're yes. not crazy. We're justified in some manner. So I would say um, just check out Jane Fonda. You don't have to necessarily listen to Mark Maron's podcast, but like just check Jane Fonda out. That bitch is cool. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you really covered pop culture because I've literally been quilting. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All I've done. I'll have to show you my No, I want to see this. Yeah. I've made two, and I have a third one on the way. I put it away for you. Mm -hmm. I cleaned my room yesterday in a fury. You have no idea what it looked like before you walked in. It was a goddamn disaster. I was like, (laughs) I cannot have... There was thread. There was shit. I broke the vacuum because of the thread. Like, it was a fucking nightmare. I was like, oh my god, I'm fucking crazy over. Oh, that's stressful. Yeah. Yeah, it was... was, yeah, but we cleaned it up. Uh, um, I made a wreath. I made some... I'm, it's Christmas. Everybody got their presents already. I made dream catchers. I made... Whoa, that's cool. Um, Your jack lamps. I made a couple jack lamps. Mm-hmm. I made a bunch of fucking shit, mm-hmm. dude. So I have not done anything other than put on stupid cheesy Christmas movies, like freeform movies. Oh, fuck Oh, yes. that's what Chasing I'm Chasing Christmas. I, oh, sorry. What's yeah. Chasing Christmas? We'll come back to it. No, you ch- plug your movies and then I want to plug my Cheesy Christmas movies. All I want to plug was our rapping battle, rap battle. <gasps> oh, Last right. night, we watched The Grinch, which was phenomenal. If you haven't seen the Jim Carrey Grinch, <laughs> you need to get Watch on it. it. <laughs> Holiday Hoobie, what's it? Yeah. <laughs> Betty Lou. Um, yes, amazing. Um, <laughs> it was the best movie of the decade. <laughs> that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched this show. <laughs> rap battle? With a W. W. Rap. Get it? Punny. So punny. Um, it was great. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. We but were great. All, there were three of us watching it. Rick was sleeping on the fucking couch. Like, a in her reindeer antlers. I love her soul so much. Like, how do you sleep with a headband with reindeer antlers? <laughs> she was so precious, though. It was so cute. But we were all in different corners of the ring. Mm-hmm. And we still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So the premise of Rap Battle is it's a gift wrapping gift wrapping competition yes, yes, show. Sorry, I didn't get too into it. <laughs> so check it out. It's on Freeform. I watched it on Hulu. And... You might still be in the Christmas spirit after this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let me know your New Year's plans. But We're probably gonna presents throw- all year round, realistically. Yeah. So it's not specifically for Christmas, I don't think. And like, if you like the competition of a cooking show, but you don't like food, which I don't know, oh, God, I'm fucking demon you Guilty. are if you don't like food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cooking. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, I don't do anything else. So I've been putting about- on podcasts. I've been putting on good Christian fun. I always listen to my favorite murder. I'm gonna replug them because they are my fucking favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Girls Gotta Eat, of course, and the Astro Poets. So I've plugged Ooh, that's them all a good before, plug. but they are Astro Poets podcast is, so you have like a flaming gay Sagittarius that hates Capricorns, so kind of like Curtis, but older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a Sagittarius? Then, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you have a very soothing, I think she's... Is she a Taurus? Like, mother. I think she's a Taurus. And she, like, puts you to sleep, and then you're woken back up by, like, Soothing. The, her hmm. co-host. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. But they um, they get into poetry, which is, like, my snobbery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good podcast. It's very short. It's to the point. Um, they know that they don't know all the answers, which I love that, that they're like, well, I think this. And they're not, like, super, like, you know, astro-splaining things to you. Like, it's very dope. I like it. So that's what I've been doing. I've been sewing and listening to things and, yeah, Christmas music. So Merry Christmas, bitches. Woohoo! Um, I wanted to ask you about your Christmas, because you're not, you don't, or how do you feel about cheesy Christmas movies? I hate them. Okay. But I hate cheesy Christmas movies that are, like, not super, like, um, tame, like Hallmark. Nah, no. But Stupid. I want to ask you about but Holiday in like, Handcuffs with your girl Melissa Joan Hart. I love Melissa Joan Hart. Uh. Mario Lopez, where they that's a that that is a good one. That is her best, in my opinion, her best Christmas movie that I've ever seen. Oh, I didn't even know that she had more than that. Wow, she was at Christmas Con with Lacey Chalbert, Chalbert, Chalbert. Uh, Gretchen Wieners. <gasps> wow. And Yeah, you're right, because she did um like Christian Ninko. She's a Hallmark a staple. Yes, okay. They're all like that. Lifetime Hallmark. And um what's what's Lindsay Lohan's love interest? What's his name? Mm. Aaron Samuels, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. They all went to Christmas Con. Oh, so I wow. looked up the Christmas because it's at the Ex- Expo Center in Jersey, mm-hmm. like the night before I realized that we're gonna be there. So I like looked up tickets and like yeah, you can get in for like twenty five bucks, but then you got to pay forty dollars for a selfie, mm, and then nope, like nope, nope. eighty dollars for a professional photo, and all of the, you have time slots for the photos, and they were mm. all sold out, and you can like get on a waiting list. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I missed my chance. Yeah. Next year, Christmas con, I'm meeting Clarissa. Okay, get it, girl. <laughs> all right, I like it. I, I'll yeah, that sounds like a great plan. Um, so yeah, holiday in handcuffs. I I would definitely recommend. <laughs> that one if you're looking for something good there's also this I, I like yelled it earlier because it's, it's such a special movie to me it's this movie called Chasing Christmas it's on Hulu it is the weirdest fucking movie <laughs> what? it's like it's like weird creepy and cheesy all wrapped up into one so definitely watch this if creepy just, how like not scary <clears throat> not like spooky no creepy. not spooky it's more like like what the fuck Ooh, oh, like, yeah like, yeah, ugh, like cringeworthy creepy. So, it's like the main character is like this like middle aged dude who's like like 
like I would I'm not not attracted to him <laughs> but he's not like conventionally attractive like he's not like this like like not lead anyways lead role he's anyways this normal guy and I think it's the whole premise of the movie is basically that he uh goes back in time to correct Christmas I can't it's all about time travel but like this okay. it's basically like a Christmas present kiss Christmas past but he like falls in love with one of the ghosts of Christmas past oh it's Something else. Ugh, just just give it a watch. I'm All just right. um I'm in. Yeah, and I will say that my boyfriend hated the entire thing and that's why I loved it. Huh. <laughs> that's only part of the reason why I loved it. I'm sorry. I loved it for obviously other reasons, but Because the the protagonist was a middle aged man. <laughs> yeah, who was like not not unattractive. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. All right. Well, if you're still into Christmas movies, watch our suggestions. If not, um, once again, hit me up for New Year's. Can we talk about Stranger Things, like, real quick? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay. And, and yeah. then I will promise I will shut up. You're fine. I want to wrap this up. I want to make sure we're not burning the prime rib. I'll have to replug it. This is perfect timing. Um, okay, so Stranger Things, guys. All right, loved it. Um, I literally just started it this summer, so... Once I'm, again, hot take. We're really on top of the ball here. Yes. <laughs> okay, look, I am really not hip. Um, but uh, Stranger Things, good time. All right, so Hopper. Obviously not dead, and this is why. Okay, they don't repeat songs very often in Stranger Things. You know, like I listen pretty closely to the soundtrack. Smart. Okay, and so... <clears throat> In season one, when they find Will's body out of, they find his body in the lake, they play this song, Heroes, by uh, Genesis. We could be heroes! Yeah, yeah. Peter Genesis Gabriel, or Peter Gabriel Genesis, one of those. Um, Anyways, they play that song, and they're like, yeah! It's like, (laughs) all these, like, feelings, and and anyways, the thing is, though, is that Will's not really dead, you know? Okay, so smart. And at the end of season three, as as Hopper is reading his note and Elle's reading it, they're playing that exact same song. Ha- wait, how did you connect these dots? Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I so basically I just started it this summer, so I binged it. Was like obsessed, so I binged it again. And when I say binge, I mean like watched like an episode or two a day. Yeah. So basically, I went through seasons one through three. Actually, I started with season three, and then I did one through three, and then one through three, and then one through three. So basically, when you just watch it that frequently over the course of two months, those things you pick stick up. with you. So, and also, I will say, like, <laughs> yeah, and like, I if I look at my my Spotify Unwrapped, like, I listen to so much Jim Croce because um, you don't mess around with Jim. Like, really prompted me to go listen to that album. So, like, it's. Whatever. When I was, I appreciate that you I downloaded well Apple Music does not have a Stranger Things podcast but I season two came out I made I like compiled it mm-hmm. from the internet oh, so nice. I appreciate that yeah. you did that because I also downloaded all the season two because I fucking the eighties is the worst fucking decade in my head like remember mm. I always think about when Bethany had that eighties name birthday party oh I love and that I memory. fucking hate the eighties like it's so tacky. But now that I'm older, I have gained an appreciation for the music. Yeah, it's mildly. Because there's Stranger Things and Glow. I've also yes, watched the Glow. Glow. For, yep. I have not watched the new season of Glow. Oh my god. Okay. Who, we'll, somebody, talk about, somebody, we'll talk about it. Yeah, somebody else um, plugged Glow season three, and I was like, yeah, dude, loved Glow season three. Fantastic. And I love Las Vegas, so I'll. 
cry together. Yeah. Okay, I think that I'm all set now. So just That's mull it. that over. Like, watch season three of... No, watch the full series of Stranger Things and just, like, see that and let me know if, if it's a real thing. <laughs> just if, if you think it's legit, just DM me at... Uh, what's my Instagram handle? Fool me twice, strike, strike three. three. Yeah. I'm glad you plugged your own social media because I'm really bad at that. So good work. Fool me tri- twice, strike three. Exactly how it sounds. Fool is F-O-O-L. Me twice, strike three, no underscores, letter three. Number three. <laughs> Letter three. <laughs> it's spelled out. Is Just, it? Yeah. Okay, good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think. Oh, yeah, that sounds right, actually. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just try it out. You'll Maybe you'll see it. I'll put it. It's in the fucking MBD. Just cl- click on the episode. Like, subscribe. Once again, hit me up with your criticisms. Nobody's criticized me, so I'm just going to keep moving on full force because nobody has anything to say about this stupid show. <sighs> Why are we doing this? Because... Because um, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> we have a song for you guys. You probably have to hold it up to your... <laughs> oh, listen here. This is our childhood, y'all. <laughs> Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Put your ladies up. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Merry Christmas.